Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As always, I am one of your gracious hosts, Illegal86, and I am joined by the ever-so-debonair Technic One. Hey, how's it going? And I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. And uh, Nerd Bomber is also here as well. Howdy ho, everyone. Oh, that was weird. I don't know if I like that. I don't I don't think I'll ever say that again. Weird. How, howdy ho is now... We're going to start trending that. We're going to get that trending on Twitter. Hashtag howdy ho. It just like, it was one of those things that felt wrong coming out of my mouth, but it was too late and I tried to snatch it back and it just, I couldn't. For you Simpsons fans, it felt very Ned Flandersy to me. Heidi ho, neighbor Rooney. Hey doodly or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I haven't watched that show in many years, but um, I've kind of wanted to try an experiment like this for a while where we tell our followers hashtag something and then see how many people hashtag it like something totally outlandish that no one else would ever hashtag maybe howdy ho isn't outlandish enough for that we need like a very singular hashtag for people to like come in with um i guess i'll think more about that um we got a great episode put together for you guys today we're going to talk about the usual amount of kind of roundtable roundup news um we're going to talk about facebook we're going to talk about uh the Hunger Games prequel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but first, there is c- kind of this conflict brewing here of whose name I say first during the intro. And I feel like we need to figure out some, some way to resolve this. I mean, do we, do we start a Twitter poll every week? Do we ask our excellent Patreon producer, Ben? I mean, how do we, how do we resolve this? I'm going to open the floor to you guys. I mean, what, what do you think here? I feel like then it turns into a popularity contest, and I don't know if I like that. Like, I don't know. I'm not in high school anymore, man. Maybe next week we switch it up all together, and I open up with, hello, and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. I like that idea, just because I, if, if anything, I'd like to see what kind of spin you put on the very first words, and also... Yeah, I mean, I introduce myself first every time, but that doesn't really seem fair. So next week, you heard it here first, Tactic One is going to be doing the intro reel for the podcast. So if there ever has been anything to get excited for, it's probably that. Um, This week, though, let's talk about this Hunger Games prequel. So um, I think this was yesterday or two days ago as of this recording. Essentially, Suzanne Collins has announced that there's a prequel novel for The Hunger Games coming in 2020. Um, Not a whole lot of details yet, but what we do know is that, for those of you that have seen The Hunger Games movies or read the books, uh, the novel will be set in Pan Am 64 years before the events of the original trilogy on the morning of the reaping of the 10th Hunger Games. Um, So this is well before Katniss Everdeen, well before Peter Malark, all that stuff. Outside of that, we don't know a whole lot more. But what we do know is that uh, Lionsgate, who adapted the first four movies, or I should say, well, yeah, there, there were four movies for three books. Yep. Um, they're already in on this new book, which, like, boy, kind of bold on their part. Like, you don't even know if the book's going to be good, do you? I mean, I don't think you need to know if the book is going to be good. At this point, they could take literal hot garbage, name it anything to do with Hunger Games, and there would be people lining up to go see it. What I do know about this whole shenanigans is this is something I did not ask for. I am one of those people, like, I really enjoyed the Hunger Games. And this is one of those things where, like, you leave it well enough alone. Because the only thing that can come from this is tarnishing the legacy of the Hunger Games. I think there's an opportunity to do it well. As long as they leave well enough alone, like, the there is no real impact on the current timeline that we all know and love, then I think it could be really successful. I'm a big fan of prequels, especially when there's kind of some lineage that you see and some kind of shout outs to the characters that we know and love. That excites me. Um, And Borderlands was a great example, right? The pre-sequel prequel. I mean, that was was enjoyable to see kind of how things happened and, and how we got where we were. So that's my take. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm split on this. I mean, I agree with you, Nerd Bomber, in terms of like prequels slash sequels that no one was asking for. Just throw it on the pile. I mean, how many of those are there? Like, you know, they revive Men in Black, and that's not doing super well right now. Um, then again, they also revive Toy Story, and that is has like amazing reviews before it even comes out. So, I guess there are success stories to kind of 
taking a franchise and unearthing it from the grave, but I just don't know. Like for me, it's also kind of my, my difficulty with prequels that are set in these big connected universes is that you get what I would like to call the rogue one issue, which most people, so did you guys see rogue one? First of all, I don't think I ever saw it. I saw it on Netflix and I wanted to watch it, but I never got around to it. I heard because I heard like middling things about it, so I didn't necessarily want to watch it. People really like it, uh, but I think it's super overrated. Like I, I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it in theaters. I remember being excited to see it. I just I love everything Star Wars. But the thing about Rogue One is that it answers questions that you already know the answers to. Like it ends right at the beginning of uh, A New Hope essentially. So you know where it's going to end up and therefore the story can only be so interesting. And I worry that, you know, even though this is 64 years beforehand, like I worry that you may see the same sort of thing happen. Yeah. I mean, for the most part and no spoilers, even though the movie and the books are both like pretty old at this point, but there's not much room for a story to deviate. Like there was no side really renaissance thing happening i don't even know if that makes sense but like there's no side story there in my opinion so you do know how it's going to end it can only end one way so in my opinion and take notes folks here's the correct way to do a prequel the story opens up with a character it's your main character and we're going to call this character steven okay steven is the hero in the story he's triumphant he's a good-hearted person through and through. And then in the very, very end of the story, something happens that just breaks him, okay? And the hero then turns into the villain, and he takes on a new alias. So this way, you get you get in love with this character, you find the hero, and then just as soon as you fall in love with the character, it's major plot twist. Holy cow, that was so-and-so? This is one of those times when I can't tell if you're deliberately being like sarcastic or if you do know that that's Star Wars. But th- that's the right way to do it, in my opinion. Yes, exactly. Star Wars did it right with Darth Vader. I don't know. See, that's a fine line, though, because like with Darth Vader, it wasn't a twist. People, people all knew by the first movie, they were like, okay, he's eventually going to be evil. And then you just see how it happens. Again, it's the same thing where there's no devastating twist. There's no major conclusion that leaves your jaw on the floor. Like there is room in, in a Hunger Games prequel for characters like President Snow, for characters like even Hamish to come back and to be different incarnations of themselves. And I agree that that could be interesting. President Stephen Snow. Remember that. Is that actually his name? No, but it's a good story. It sounds like a pretty good story, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised, come to think of it. And and again, Hunger Games, like, super fans who are listening to this probably have an idea already of, okay, at the 10th Hunger Games, President Snow was alive and he was in this position. Hamish was... For all, for all I know, Hamish is in the 10th Hunger Games. I honestly don't even remember. But, like, it would be cool to see those characters pop up in that way, um, is, I guess, what I'm saying. For me, like, what I would do is I was surprised to read that it was the 10th Hunger Games. I would I would have expected that they would almost have done more of, like, a first purge kind of thing where, like, okay, what did the first Hunger Games look like? I think that would be a lot more interesting. But, um Actually, sure yeah, we're... I do agree. Because like by the 10th Hunger Games, you would either have that rebellion thing. So it'd be like reliving the Hunger Games trilogy that we already know. Whereas the first Hunger Games would give them a chance to like at least explore the establishment of the entire thing. That would right. have been and a little bit more interesting. Well, that's for and the people... prequel prequel. Perhaps. I mean, the thing about the first Hunger Games is that people probably didn't fully know what to expect. Like you get these kids in this arena, right? And then... You know, all these kids are probably thinking like, wow, we're not actually going to kill each other, are we? And then some kid does it. And then it's like, oh, snap. And then the whole thing like it's going. I think that would be very interesting. Um, But like you said, maybe the prequel prequel will contain nuggets like that. I don't know. Like, um, I am torn on this one because I agree, especially these days more than any other day, that like this is just something that no one was really asking for. And it's just, you know, even even Lionsgate is probably like, well, this means a bunch of dollar signs for us. But like, how much how how much are they really thirsting for a continuation or an addition to this 
his story. Well, I mean, you also have to wonder, like, part of what sold Hunger Games was that Jennifer Lawrence was such a compelling main character. Like, she more or less sold the Hunger Games movie franchise to people who didn't read the book. So they really have to bank on the fact that they will be able to find some actor or actress and a compelling enough character in these new books to really hang this entire new prequel. I'm assuming they're going to turn it into a trilogy on. Because, like, otherwise there's no... There's no main draw because it really was everyone rallying around Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss interpretation. So they already went with Robert Pattinson for Batman. So still available, folks. Could you imagine? If they got him? Yeah, like there would be a massive uproar. I know who I'm getting. I mean, if you want you want a draw, here's your draw right here. So we have this, this Stephen character. We're basically writing the whole novel right now. We have this Stephen character. The hero. Who is the most heroic guy you've ever met? That's right, Michael Sarah. You put Michael Sarah in the Hunger Games prequels, and I will I will show up just to see what he does. I mean, then it's basically like Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but Hunger Games style. That would actually be really interesting. I would watch it. I would watch I think Tom Holland is actually the right role for Steven. Tom Holland, by the time this movie comes out, he's going to be too hot, man. He's going to be like the Dwayne The Rock Johnson of the movie industry in like three years. I mean, they already want him for Uncharted. He's got Spider-Man. There's something else that I'm forgetting. Oh, that Pixar movie, that big one that's coming out like next year, he's in that. Everyone wants a piece of Tom Holland right now. Yeah, but we thought the same thing about Chris Pratt, and he's kind of cooled off a little bit. That is a fair point. I guess, I think with Jurassic the Jurassic World stuff not being that good. And also, like, at one point he was rumored to be Indiana Jones, and they were like, no. So maybe that was why. But also don't sleep on Keanu Reeves, because he's, like, currently experiencing a huge career resurgence. I think there's a petition to time to make him, like, the man of the year currently. Yeah, and there should be, because he is a national treasure. Um, Speaking of national treasures... Batman. Batman's a national treasure, wouldn't you say? I think so, yeah. He's the treasure of Gotham at the very least. Um, Another prequel, in the the interest of discussing prequels that potentially nobody asked for, um, Epix is coming out with a television show. I don't actually know exactly when this comes out, but they just released a trailer for their Batman prequel TV series called Pennyworth. That's right. It is a series that is about Alfred Pennyworth. No Batman involvement at all. Uh, just Alfred being Alfred, I guess. Um, so you guys watched the seem, trailer, right? Yeah, I did. And I don't want to seem like a Debbie Downer because I feel like I kind of nixed the whole Hunger Games prequel thing too. But like, what is going on with this trailer? They basically made Alfred Pennyworth like a James Bond type character. I'm sorry. Alfred was just the old man butler who was kind of like nice. He didn't really do a whole lot. He was just there for Batman and knew a secret. And now they have him like snapping people's necks, being all stealthy. And also, like, what are they doing on Epics? Who actually subscribes to Epics? Yeah, the only th- value I could see with his storyline is like maybe war training and, and med- medical training. That's about it. I don't see, you know, James Bond, Fred running around and then, oh, I'm going to be a butler now. <laughs> Yeah, like, t- I don't to me... Know. So, so, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I don't know enough about the comics backstory for Alfred Pennyworth, but, like, is this even... Is this a brand new concept, or has this been done before? I I mean, I don't know. Technic probably knows that better than me. Well, that's why I had said I'm pretty sure exactly what I had said was his background, where he'd fought in the war, he was a medic, and that's that's why he's able, and how he's able to help Batman is tend to his wounds he knows basic combat skills should the opportunity arise but yeah he's 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 no secret agent i mean this trailer is certainly making him out to be one and like to me this is much more like when i see the hunger games prequel i'm i'm much more like yeah this is okay i could get behind this when i saw this i was just like man they are just milking batman for everything he has like I, I don't know how gotham was i watched a couple episodes of gotham and i wasn't really into it that was a very similar thing where their batman was like only fringe involved but like 
this just looks i i can't get there and again you also mentioned epics which like if you held a gun to my head and told me to turn on my tv and turn to epics i would not know what channel it was because i like you said i do you need to subscribe to it i don't even know what epics is I think it's one of those like premium movie channels because I know so growing up my parents subscribed to like the all premium movie channel because my mom really liked HBO and stars and then with that you got like Showtime and I'm pretty sure you got epics but now in today's day and age of like picking and choosing packages I don't know anybody who willfully subscribes to epics like they never this is probably the first semi big name exclusive thing that they have most of the time I want to say their movies are like oldish action movies that are like five to ten years old it's it's puzzling to me and like yeah i just looked it up it is premium cable i didn't even know that the other weird thing to me is that like this would look interesting if it was anything other than them trying to tell me this is alfred pennyworth like just make it some weird action show i'd probably watch it it looks compelling enough for that there's there's probably like a certain narrative quality that you lose when you really just want to tell a story about a British guy who's like kind of spyish. And what you actually have to do is tell that story, but also find weird ways to like pigeonhole it into the Batman universe. So like at times they may be bending over backwards to do that and like making uncharacteristic choices that they wouldn't usually make. And like, yeah, I- I'm, I'm not really on board with this one. Um, but it comes out later this year, uh, July 29th. Um, it's going to be about Alfred and how he works with Thomas Wayne, Bruce's father, in the 1960s. So if you like period pieces, I guess that is kind of one other draw of it is like if you like period pieces, if you're like one of those Downton Abbey people, which granted that's like way before the 60s, but you know what I mean. If you like British period dramas, I don't know, maybe this is for you. I feel like if it you, could be interesting, but I also, I feel like DC doesn't give them the backing and support with any of their new original TV shows. Like they pulled um, Swamp Thing already. It only already aired did. like one episode and they canceled it. Like, I think it's going to run the season, but that's it. You're kidding. They canceled Swamp Thing already? Yep. Holy cow. Was it, it was that bad. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it, but like, I don't even know if you could tell if it was that bad one episode in you can't really tell if a show is going to be that good or not yeah that's wild i I mean like and again kind of going back to the epics thing like the the pilot of pennyworth has surely already been shot in fact probably more episodes than that have been shot and my guess is if it was that good it would be on i don't know where, where are the where are the other dc shows cw literally any other network yeah, it would be somewhere else is the point I'm trying to make. Like, it probably wound up on Epics because they're like, all right, now these other networks will take it. Let's go to Epics and see, see what they see what they think of it. Um, or at the very least, I'm sure they did that with the script. But uh, not a whole lot of promise behind Pennyworth. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I suppose if you had to go into the DC universe and pick a side character to make an entire show about, I guess it would be Alfred. That would not be it. Yeah, no, that would not be the first choice. I would make like uh, the Nightwing. The Nightwing character has gone through so many different iterations in the comic book universe, and I know you're not a comic book reader, but they even did like a James Bond type of Nightwing. Like they had Grayson be basically a James Bond spy character for a little bit in one of the recent comic iterations. And if you want something more gory, you go with Jason Todd and do the Red Hood storyline. Like there's so many interesting side characters. But are those pl- are those plots that well the Nightwing one is but is the Red Hood one is that a plot line that can support not having Batman because I think the whole point of this is to not have Batman right No he kind of goes off and murders people and he's heroic in his own way just not very Batman esque You might need a couple Batmans showing up here and there to kind of try to rein them in but you can you can go without Batman I would do like the Riddler. I think the Riddler is such a cool character. I would pick one of the villains. I think Batman's got great villains. And like, I mean, the Joker, that the movie's already coming out, which I'm still super excited for that. But like, there's a lot of villains I think you could pick and like make a show around them, which granted, that's probably also kind of what Gotham was. But like, 
I don't know. Gotham had that guy from the OC in it, and that just distracted me from the word go. You know the OC? Remember that show? That show was on forever. Yeah. California soap opera. Big fan. I, I used to watch that show with my dad. Like, we would... That was like a father-son thing we would do. Some some father-son teams would, like, go play catch with the, with the ball or, like, go hunt. Me and my dad watched the OC. So... Be jealous, everyone else. Um, so yeah, Pennyworth comes out July 29th. Uh, check it out if, in spite of all of the criticizing we've just done, you think it's for you. And uh, the Hunger Games novel, just kind of go back to that, I realized I, I never said that uh, it comes out May 19th, 2020. So we have a little under a year for that, apparently. It's already being published uh, by Scholastic, so... You have that to look forward to, fans of Katniss and whatnot. Um, let's talk about Pokemon uh, real quick. And uh, it has recently, as far as I, I'm aware, I will say right off the top, I am not a Pokemon guy. I'm going to be a passenger on this journey. But um, apparently Pokemon Sword and Shield won't be letting you catch every single Pokemon. Which I'm okay with, okay? So... There's been both positive and negative inputs on this. And the major reason why you can't catch every single Pokemon is because they want to put emphasis on quality. They want to really animate the ones that are in there and and highlight all their features as opposed to just shoving every single Pokemon in the game. And then, then they're going to have to take some hits on, on the resolution of characters so they can all jam pack it in there, which I'm fine with. And... Hilariously enough, the biggest push and, and criticisms that people are asking for is, you know what? If you're not going to include all 100, all 800 plus Pokemon, that's fine. But please, please, please make the water come out of Blastoise Cannon. That is the top thing that I have seen on the interwebs. Wait, where does it usually come out of? His face. Which they is pretty wrong, much, right? Yeah, they, so he's got he's got two cannons normally, and then in his mega form, he's got a third cannon, and it's always out of his face because the way that they animate all these characters is they have the spirit location in the game, and then they have generic attacks coming out of the same spot no matter what spirit you're playing. I see. So they're saying, okay, if you're going to have less Pokemon such that you improve the animation you damn well make, better make the water come out of his cannons. Right. You would think at this point, given the handheld gaming advances, that they would add that, add that to the short list. But maybe Blastoise's cannons are just for show. You ever think of that? Or does he have a move that's called, like, Water Cannon or something? I don't know. I have not played Pokemon in, like, 100 years. There are, there are definitely cannon-based moves that do not involve shooting water out of his cannons. It is all out of said face. Overall, though, going back to the the limited Pokédex, like, I understand why people are upset, but at the same time, it's not like this is the first game that's limited you in what type of Pokémon that you could have in the game. Because I think the older, like, Game Boy games, they didn't allow you to import every single Pokémon from older games. That's something that really was newer once we got, like, the DS and had the internet option of using the Pokémon bank. And, like, okay, I know that you won't be able to import Pokémon from older games, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of cool because it gives you a fresh new look at the game. And especially since you'll be coming onto a completely new console, like besides Let's Go, Eevee, and Pikachu, which aren't really mainline Pokemon games, I think it'll be interesting to have everyone just start from scratch. Because even when you do like the online um, battles and stuff, you always had people who have had Pokemon that they've trained through multiple games and they just keep trading them forward. And so it'll give it a new dynamic. And I can't really fault them. I mean, it's a big technological jump to go from a handheld device to the Switch. And I know the Switch is handheld, but you know what I mean. So cut them some slack. Like, okay, you won't have every Pokemon ever known to man in the game, but like, it'll still be fun. The one so, problem is the classic line, gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch some of them. It's fine. So just, to, I want to make sure I understand what the issue is here. There are, you said like 800 something Pokemon. Is that an accurate number? I believe it's eight, it's eight, it's a little bit over 800. So 
the issue is not like perfectionists who are like, I want to play this game and 100% completion it and catch every single Pokemon there is. It's more that people just want the option of having any Pokemon that exists. More or less. Like, I'm sure there are people who want to complete the entire Pokedex, but you could still, in theory, 100% the game because they won't even have the entire Pokedex loaded. So it really won't matter. Hmm. But yes, in previous iterations of the game, you've been able to transfer your Pokemon from game to game. So if you had, say, a Charizard that you really liked from one game, you could literally just play with him in every game. Yeah, but that, boy, that raises a lot of questions to me, the uninitiated. So like, let's say you got a super souped up Charizard and then you start the next game and import it right away. I mean, don't these games kind of scale up in difficulty as you go through them? Like, aren't you like, facing off against little like tiny dudes at the beginning with a charizard does that seem kind of ridiculous so misunderstanding this the pokemon won't listen to you if you don't have enough badges to train him but a lot of it again it goes into the online battles because there's a really big online battling community um there's whole pokemon tournaments and stuff where you battle your pokemon against other people's pokemons and there's this whole science behind the stats of pokemon i'm not really that into it but we did know someone who was very very into it and like the breeding that goes into creating the perfect statistical pokemon for battles is insane so i can understand why people might want to transfer it over if they're really into the competitive scene but like okay start from scratch yeah, that know. said, it gives new people the opportunity to kind of get in and, and compete with these old timers who've been breeding like mad scientists. Right. It turns it into more of like a gateway game for this. Like you said, it's it's the first one on the Switch. It should be more of a clean slate kind of situation. Exactly. I mean, as a as an again, an uninitiated folk, I would say that I'm definitely more on that side of things. But I mean, maybe as someone who has played like all however many games there have been, maybe I would be super upset. So you you said it's essentially a very divided field right now. I mean, for the most part, the entire Internet seems to be upset, but I'm sure there's also the quiet minority like me who really don't care either way. Like, I'm still going to play the game. Every game that I start when I'm playing through the actual campaign, I start from scratch because that's half the fun is figuring out what team is going to work best and discovering new Pokemon. So like for me, I'm sure there's other people like me. I don't really care. Even in Let's Go Eevee, you did not want me to trade Pokemon in from my Pokemon Go app. Yeah, I I don't know. There's just, for me, playing the campaign, there's something that feels inauthentic about transporting Pokemon. And I don't mean to criticize people who do this, but it's just like you're almost cheating the system. If you can give yourself the best Pokemon, then what is the point of playing? Why even bother with a campaign? If you're going to make it easy on yourself, what's the point? But you said, like, the internet. I mean, the internet's a weird place, right? Because, and there's a, there's a term for this, and I can't think of what it is, but, like, everyone who's speaking up about it and is so upset are just the people that are upset enough to speak out about it. And, like, the countless other people who aren't, who I think are like you, are just like, eh, whatever, I'm not going to say anything. So all you see is the negative people. Typically, the minority is the loudest. On the vocal the minority. That's, that's the term I was looking for. Vocal minority. Um, so yeah, they are, they are sure to be the loudest and there's probably a bunch of people who are like, yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, another question is at this point, what can Pokemon do that will actually alienate people? Cause I feel like it's nothing. Is that fair to say? I think no matter what they do, people are still going to buy the game. Like this is a 20 year old franchise. Detective Pikachu was one of the biggest grossing video game movies of all time. Like at this point, the Pokemon train is not slowing down unless they throw a big fat turd onto a cartridge and sell that to me. Like Pokemon is Pokemon. As long as the formula of the game is still like relatively the same, I'm going to have fun with it. Pikachu chew. Right. (laughs) Oh gosh. People aren't asking. I don't think people are asking for it to be shaken up. They just want more of it. So like Pokemon can just, Nintendo, I should say, can keep popping out basically the same game every three years, and they're going to make a bunch of money. And I mean, Uh, let's be honest here. There was a Pokemon iteration that introduced a Pokemon that was literally an ice cream cone. Not joking. And we all still played it, and we all still loved it. So 
if we can accept a Pokemon shaped like an ice cream cone, I think we can accept not being able to catch that one or import it in this new game. Yeah, I can go without the ice cream cone Pokemon. So you heard it here first, folks. If you want to be a game developer and you want an easygoing life, maybe look into helping to develop one of the Pokemon games. Um, To all you people on the internet complaining, there's a chance that you're just doing it because you like complaining and you're going to buy the game no matter what. Um, Before we talk about our next piece of news, um, we want to give a shout out to our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Jackness. Uh, Ben is a night level Patreon subscriber for the Online Warriors, um, which means he has input in the show. Uh, He gets to help us decide what our weekly game is going to be. And he's also super, super appreciated by us and gets shouted out every episode. Uh, So if you want to be like Ben, which believe me, you do. uh, Ben is super cool. We haven't met in person, but he's a great guy. Um, Then all you have to do is uh, hit us up on Patreon. And um, it's also worth noting that uh, below the night level, we also have two other levels. I believe they are Paige and Squire, correct? Yep. We went full night theme on this one. Yeah. Um, so if you want to give us some support and if you like what we do, uh, check us out on Patreon. Um, uh, your assistance will help us and help support the show and help us keep bringing great content. So uh, check it out. And again, shout out to Ben. Uh, thanks for your support. And if you do enjoy listening to our podcast, we ask that you please consider to listen on the PodCoin app. The PodCoin app is available on both Apple and Android devices, and you actually earn money for listening to podcasts. So if you're already listening to podcasts, check them out. You'll get PodCoin for every minute that you listen, and you can put that towards gift cards, donate it to charity, whatever you want. Um, They're a great supporter of us. We're a great supporter of them. Is there a way to get any more PodCoin points? If you're a brand new user, you can use our signup code, which is Online Warriors, and you will start out with a whopping 300 PodCoin. So check out their app. It's a great way to listen to podcasts. Whoop, whoop. Um, so let's get back into things here. Let's talk about Libra. Now, for those of you who have not heard, so I actually think this was just announced today or yesterday, um, Libra is the new uh, cryptocurrency just announced by Facebook. Um, So essentially, uh, you got your Bitcoin, you got your, I think it's Ethereum is the other big one. Um, But essentially, you have this cryptocurrency that works via blockchain. And uh, Facebook is kind of busting into this party and saying, this is going to be the cryptocurrency to end all cryptocurrencies. And um, Facebook actually released a white paper on this. There's a lot of information. Um, If you want to learn more about how cryptocurrencies work and specifically how this one will work. There's a lot of information to read, but um, essentially here's I kind of diluted it down to a few bullet points. Um, it will be releasing uh, in the first half of 2020 for public use. Um, Facebook is not this only controller of Libra. So it's not really Facebook currency. It's more currency that's being proposed by Facebook, but will be um, governed by I think like 28 to 30 companies that are part of this uh, Libra Association. Um, I should say there are 28 founding member companies, but they're hoping to get over 100. Um, The idea behind that is to um, kind of decentralize this currency, which I guess is a big deal when it comes to economics. I'm, again, not an economics guy, so I'm reading a lot of this, and there's a lot to take in. But um, essentially... The main goal of it, it seems like, is to um, create a global digital currency that um, basically promotes financial inclusion and keeps things like uh, uh, transaction fees out of the mix. Um, So replacing those nasty transaction fees that are associated with credit cards is one thing, but also in areas where access to physical currency is not super super at hand, this can help other people there as well. Um, So, yeah. Facebook is getting into the, the cryptocurrency game, and it seems like it's going to be a big deal. Um, so I'm going to ask sorry. what everyone here is thinking. Sure. Do I invest? Uh, it's, you know, it's I, I mean, it was just announced today, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, reading everything that I've read about it, uh, it seems like they're trying to solve a lot of the problems with Bitcoin, that Bitcoin has, I should say. Um, one of the problems that Bitcoin tends to have is that it's not backed by anything. Um, 
when people ask what Bitcoin is, essentially, and I still don't know, uh, Libra is backed by something, meaning that you essentially uh, trade physical currency to get Libra. Um, the physical currency basically goes into what you can think of as a bank, and it accrues interest for the founding members who then um, kind of fund all the blockchain stuff and all the servers for which the Libra, um, which help you to use Libra. Um, it's all very technical, quite frankly. Um, it's a very interesting trade-off because while I don't 100% understand Bitcoin, I do know that part of it is basically you're exchanging Bitcoin for processing power. And part of the ways that you can earn Bitcoin if you don't want to put like actual money into getting Bitcoin is to um, dedicate your computer processing power to mining, basically mining data, and you'll receive exactly. Bitcoin for it. So it's kind of interesting that these technological companies are more or less exchanging real money or like backing money for processing power is kind of what it sounds like. And like, yes, you can buy into it with um, actual money and currency, but that's an interesting way to go about it because I mean, all of these technological companies, they have major server farms, but you can't tell me that expanding their data network and mining and using processing power on computers around the world, that has to be beneficial for them. Yeah, so I mean, it it seems like as far as uh, schmoes like us, the main benefit from Libra is, again, it cuts down on those transaction fees, um, but it also is supposed to create competition um, between companies who can essentially provide incentives for people who, who use Libra because um, the founding companies of the Libra Association will provide incentives to companies like eBay or Spotify to say, hey, if you get people to pay with Libra, we'll give you this amount of money. So then uh, those companies go to their consumers and say, if you pay with Libra, you know, you can pay less for a subscription. So it kind of is this like trickle upward kind of thing um, where basically this set of currently 28 founding member businesses are trying to get this currency going and they're kind of trying to provide incentives so that it will kind of catch on in the mainstream. Because the other problem is that with currency like Bitcoin, which again is kind of just fairy dust, companies don't super know if they want to take it um, again because it's, it's unbacked and they don't know if it's going to be, have the same value tomorrow as it does today. Libra is supposed to be much more stable. So it kind of has some of the benefits of Bitcoin while kind of cutting out the unpredictability of it. But stability doesn't necessarily make it a good investment, right? Because the instability is what makes you say, you know, it's three cents today, but it might be a dollar tomorrow. Sure. I'm not sure if if Libra is something that people are... I don't think their main goal is to get people to invest in it. I think their main goal is to get people to use it. Um, I found it really interesting, too, that uh, in the article that I was reading, at least, they made it a point to say that your Facebook account and all of your personal information will not be linked to your Libra account. And I find that really interesting only because Facebook has been one of the worst in terms of personal security, I feel like, in the last few years, in terms of just selling your viewing history to companies for advertising, selling data, basically exposing data. Do you trust them to be at the mantle of a cryptocurrency like this? Well, so and that's and that's the main reason why. So I think Facebook is is the company that essentially had the idea for Libra and they're doing a lot of the work to get it going. But they too realize how bad their public image is in terms of using people's personal information. I mean, Cambridge Analytica was one recent example that's actually cited in the article that I read. But um, that's why they've created this association where they're really uh, one of many members and they have certain governing votes as to how things will be done. And of course, they've also uh, made countless promises that they will not be tying your personal data in with your Libra wallet. Um, but even if that's not enough for you, there's the fact that they're just one of many people who are making this thing go. Um, so I guess that's kind of their idea to kind of quiet the doubters. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the, the article that I read has a lot to do with um, security, obviously, as well. Um, how it will be better than PayPal, how it won't use your personal data, and how it won't influence the ads that you see. Um, but, but, like, do yeah. I need something better than PayPal at the moment? 
because right now PayPal feels pretty darn safe to me. Like I know there are instances where data leaks and whatnot, but for the most part, like I have not had any issues with PayPal. My only issue with PayPal is that they're not seamless with Venmo, who they also own. Like I think still you should be able to interlink your accounts there. But overall, like Venmo has taken over the entire payment industry. If you're thinking about digital payment, like I've literally talked to people and I'm like, oh, you can just Venmo me as if it's just a form of currency now. How do you think they're going to overtake stuff like that? Like Venmo has weaved its way into society. The incentivization is the main thing. Because I, I, as I was reading this article, I thought the same thing, which is whenever I want to pay someone digitally, I just use Venmo and I go straight from my bank account. So there's no transaction fees. So I don't have to worry about that. But it seems like the incentivization of companies to get people to start using Libra and therefore charge them less when they pay with Libra is the main way. I mean, Facebook is taking a big leap here and trying to essentially reinvent money. And I don't know how well that's going to work. It's unclear to me whether I'll be using Libra in two years or whether it will be the latest Bitcoin-like trend. I mean, how many cryptocurrencies are there? There's like 20 or something, isn't there? There's a lot. There's quite a few. Yeah, I went to invest in Bitcoin and just got overwhelmed by the sheer amount of options. So you did try to invest? Yeah. Because that's like... I know people who have made money from Bitcoin. It seems scary to me, but people do it. I don't think Libra is going to be that kind of thing where people invest in it and turn a profit from it. I think it's more looking to be a Venmo killer. Um which I'm not looking for a Venmo killer personally, but um, there are probably other benefits. It sounds like there are other benefits that will come to light as this cryptocurrency becomes more widely used. So keep an eye out for Libra. Uh, It's, I think, in like beta testing now, essentially, but um, you'll at the very least be hearing about it early next year. Um, This concludes the news portion of the Online Warriors podcast, but let's do a What Are You Up To Wednesday because we missed last week because of E3, so we have a lot to catch up on, and um, I think Tectic probably has an update for us. So in standard uh, homeownership fashion, I'm going to go into what I've been doing around the house. Dad mode. Dad mode. So when I... uh, Opened my pool, which I believe I had mentioned on a previous podcast. The pool wall was all sorts of messed up. And in order to fix it, I needed to pop up a bunch of my deck boards on my pool deck. Now, popping them up because the boards were so old, the nails just ripped right through. And because of that, now all of the deck boards needed to be replaced. Standard home ownership. One problem opens up a new problem, opens up a new problem. So... Sounds fun. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want boards to rot ever again, ever, I went to the plastic Trex board, kept the frame there, and between the rainy days, which we have been having a ton on the northeast, um, every day, been chipping away at it, and as of today, I am officially done with the demolition side, laid down a bunch of the boards, and now I just got to fasten them down, and I'm good to go. Well, that's exciting. Um, you'll have to post some some pictures of the new deck and, and your enjoyment of maybe the pool on our uh, one of our many social media accounts. I will be floating shortly. Show the people what those Trex boards look like. What color are they? They're like a gray. All right. I respect it. Um, anything else to add? <laughs> or just dadding? Just dadding it up. I'm just going to go with dad mode. Just go in full dad mode. Uh, Let's swing it over to the Nerd Bomber. So at the the recommendation of one of my friends, actually our shared author friend who we keep shouting out on the podcast. um, Shout out to our shared author friend. You know who you are. I was in a book hole for a little bit, and she highly recommended a fantasy series called the Tierling. I want to say it's the Tierling Chronicles. There's three books. So I went to the library. I got all three books in the trilogy, and I've been slowly chipping away. I'm in the middle of the first book, The Queen of the Tierling. I think it's Tierling. It might be Tierling. 
not 100% sure. I read it as Tyrolean. Um, so far, it's been really good. There's been a lot of like weird world building. It's a little bit slow because um, the, the, the main character is uh, the queen, obviously, but she's been hidden away her entire life so that she's been protected from threats. And so she's learning about the world as you are. So it's kind of slow in terms of world building because you don't know a whole lot. You're basically seeing the world through her eyes. But overall, it's a pretty good book. And I think I want to say Emma Watson really liked the book to the point where I think she was thinking about like funding the movie. So very interesting. I'll keep you posted how I like it as I keep going. Tearling. Yeah, when I search Emma Watson, it it comes up pretty quick. Um, Interesting. Um, Wait, is she not making a movie? I don't know. It came up when I Googled, but I... I think she's been in talks, but like nothing has been solidified, at least to my knowledge. Gotcha. Interesting. And yeah, looking at this, I'm pretty sure I've seen our author friend tweet about this at one point or another. Mm-hmm. I think Very I active. tweeted and she was super pumped that I I am reading the book. Does she listen to the podcast? Do we know? <laughs> I don't know. I know she follows us on social media. I don't know if she's taken to listening to us yet. I'll keep working on it. If she if she listened, she'll she'll tweet us or something. Mm-hmm. Um Cool. Uh, I have a major, major milestone to announce, um, kind of in my, in my world. Um, guys, a lot of you, I don't know if anyone who listens to this podcast has ever seen me, like physically what I look like in person. But uh, suffice to say, since I was a very young lad, I've always had a, a very, a physique that uh, really suggests the phrase skinny as a rail. Um and this past week, at the gym, I weighed myself. And for the first time ever in my adult life, I weigh more than 160 pounds. And this, is a, this is a big deal for me. You weigh more uh, than I do. It feels good. I, that's the goal. That was my goal weight was just more than tactic one. So, mission accomplished. I, I'm kind of having this internal debate with myself whenever I get on the scale at the gym because for a while I've been fluctuating up and down like around the 160 mark but now it seems like I'm firmly above it but I always wonder when I get on the scale and I've gained weight I'm like okay is this good weight or bad weight because you don't know when's the last time the scale was calibrated well it's at the gym I don't know I'm not I'm not doing experiments on it but that's a good point too Cause I'm like I'm like barely over. I will say that much, but like sometimes like after after a weekend of like drinking and like eating, I go to the gym and it's like over 160, and I'm like, yeah, but this is just like pizza weight, you know. So I'll be continuing to monitor, but uh, yeah, uh, Operation Fluff to Buff 2019 is in full swing ahead of my beach vacation. Hashtag um, Fluff to Buff. Hashtag fluff to buff. Let's get that. Let's get that trending. So if you're listening and you hear this, go drop a hashtag fluff to buff. I don't even care what the context is, but I'll be I'll be looking in on that hashtag in the next few days. Um, on other fronts, uh, a couple quick hitter things. Uh, saw John Wick three. Uh, have a review of that up on my uh, Tuesdays with Corey uh, blog that I post about on my Twitter sometimes. So go check that out if you want. It was good. I don't have much more to say about it. I mean, it's John Wick. You know what you're getting crazy um finished bioshock it was fantastic beat the boss on the first try no big deal Uh, i'll be moving on directly to bioshock 2 which i'm very excited about and um also kind of an older movie but i watched vice which is about dick cheney and uh oh wow that came out like last year right yeah but it just it just got released on hulu for free which was really the x factor um because i didn't want to pay for it but i was very up for seeing it. I'm a big fan of... So the director of, of um, Vice is Adam McKay, and he's responsible for The Big Short, uh, which I also really love, among other things. I think he was also... He actually did Anchorman, I think. So kind of a different thing for him. But um big fan of his. Really liked the movie. Obviously kind of depressing, <laughs> uh, but it was a good watch. Um, so yeah, it's kind of been movieing, gaming, 
um, this coming weekend I'm going to a wedding and I have uh, I've been getting my outfit for it together which is very exciting so I'll, I'll report back on that next week but uh yeah just summer living you know loving life very Doing exciting stuff um before we get into our game this is something else I'm very very excited for uh we need to give our fantasy movie league update today and uh what an update it is because I've moved into first place overall uh it's finally happened hell has frozen over and I am in first place with 138 million on the season um so after two only weeks because, only yeah, sorry. because only because only because nerd bomber missed a week forgot this is like twice now in like the last few weeks that i forgot i'm very disappointed in myself uh, yeah as i said to you i think a couple of days ago you've really you've really taken up the mantle in terms of forgetting which is something that i used to do and now i've been on a good streak where i haven't forgotten well, like the worst um, part is i tend to remember like 30 minutes after they lock it down. So it'll be Friday afternoon and I'll be like, oh, I need to set my lineup. And then it's too late. And don't worry, do folks. Do. Don't Sorry, worry, folks. Ahead. I'm still holding fast at second place. Tactic it has plans to be in second place for the rest of time. And so far it's going well. So uh, I'm in first with 138 million on the season. Tactic is in second with 134, closer to 135. So he's right behind me. Uh, also hot on our tails is Devin Reed at 134. Nerd Bomber down at 123. That's a big gap. That's a big gap for you to have to traverse. Hopefully you stop forgetting. Uh, we have a new user, I believe. Uh, Spitfire32, unless they change their name and they're an old user. Uh, Spitfire32 clocking in with 95 million. And our friends Fancy asleep at the wheel once again. Zero dollars on the season. Uh, seems like they, they are continuing to forget. Although when you forget, don't they like put in a lineup for you by default? It depends. So I got lucky because some of the movies that I had in last week's lineup were still on uh, the radar for this week. I think they fill it in oh, automatically if you have something and they carry it over. But if the movies are no longer available, they don't just give you anything. It's just blank. So, so two weeks in, I've won a week. Nerd Bomber has won a week. Um, but I should also say we're going into week three now and it's a 10 week season. So if you want to get in on this, uh, now is still a, a great time to do so. Um, our league name is Online Warriors Podcast, and the password is podcast all lowercase. So uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's, an, it's a fun thing to do every week, uh, provided you remember. And um, yeah, try and get Tectic out of second place. Don't worry about me. I'm going to stay up in first. Um, very cocky. Very. Oh, hey, I got to take what I can get. This might be the only time I'm ever in first in this league ever. So I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I think Tectic is in charge of today's game. I am, and thank you for remembering. So today's game, courtesy of Ben's Choice, is Pug Facts. So we're going to get right into it. I'm very, very excited. Very, we're both very excited and confident. We're both going to win. Maybe, maybe we'll have the first ever tie. Are we ever tied on this show? I don't think so, no. What would happen if we tied? Would we both host the game and then Tactic just plays with himself? Yes. That no. sounded really bad. Yeah, no. I okay, I didn't mean like it's not like a like a sex thing. It's like just it's like he would he would, it's like playing solitaire. He would just try and get a good score. I think well, the one time we came close to having a tie, we did a tiebreaker, so it worked out in the end. Yeah, that makes more sense than what I just suggested. So let's yeah, stick I'm not going to start model. playing with myself during the podcast. So, first question, folks. Are you ready? Always. In what year is it assumed that the first breed of pug originated? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Nerd Bomber goes first, because ladies first. Okay. I'm going to say 1523. Now... Uh, explain to me, the, are we doing prices right rules here or whoever is closer? Dealer's choice. You, you are the dealer. You're the dealer. We're going to do, to choose. <laughs> we're going to do prices right. Okay. Which, which direction is busting? Is it if I go too early that I bust or is it if I go too late? If you go too late, you bust. Okay. Then I'm going to go. So I think pugs are from China. Which, which means they're old. 
Everything from China is old. Uh, so I'm going to go with... I'm going to go back to 1100. So illegal was closer, but you both busted. Wait, the, what? The answer was 400 BC. No way. I thought you said if I get, if I went, oh yeah, if I went later, I busted. Yeah, no, that's totally right. Okay, so with no points. No points. Dang, right. See, I, I knew it was, I knew that it was way earlier. Anyways, and they did, on. in fact, originate in China. Okay, so I'm not a complete idiot. Okay, going on to the next one. What is the heaviest pug on record? Mm. Okay, I go first for this one. Yes, you do. Uh, heaviest pug on record. I mean, this boy, boy, uh, I, I got a number in my head. I'm going to go with 42 pounds. He's a big boy. Okay, Nerd Bomber. Okay, so I'm going to throw some dog knowledge to try to back myself into this number. So golden retrievers run anywhere from like 65 to 80. Ideally, sometimes they get a little bit bigger. But for the most part, they trend in that like 70 range. Pugs are about half the size of a golden retriever. What what number did you say? He said 42. I said Sorry, I said 42, yeah. Okay. I was just thinking about how you said pugs are half the size of a golden retriever. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I'll let you do your do your thing. Body mass wise, um, I'm gonna go with 30 because I feel like that's a pretty big pug. So, ill eagle was closer. But did he bust? He did not bust. Uh, yes, and he won yes. it. The answer is 46.21 pounds. All right, so I cut it close, but I I got there. Why do I suck at these? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm on the board. Feels good. One nothing. Got a comfortable lead of one point. Okay, so now we're moving on to Doug the Pug trivia. Oh, I love Doug. Doug how, is my boy. How old Doug. is Doug the Pug? Oof. Doug is seven years old. Oh, he's older than that. He's been around. He's been around the block. Doug is is. I don't want to say eight because that's cheap. I feel like that's cheap. I'm going to go with nine. He's nine years old. Okay. I'm going to say exactly what Nerd Bomber just said. Doug is seven years old. Dang it. I'm telling you, thought, Doug is my boy, man. I thought he was old. I mean, hasn't Doug been around like, I mean, he's been around for seven years. I guess I, that answered my question for me. Crap. All right. So you got it exactly right. I never had a, I never had a chance. Do I get like bonus points for getting it exactly right? No. Okay. Okay, so this one is kind of an interesting style. It's another Doug the Pug question. What is Doug the Pug's net worth greater than? It goes me, right? Or is it you? No, it's, it's illegal. It's, it's it's me. So you just you read a fact online that said it's greater than something, and we just have to say what that number is. Yes. Net worth. I feel like it's pretty big. I mean, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to take my nine guess from before and just add a million onto it. Nine million dollars, in case I needed to specify. Okay, Nerd Bomber. Okay, I'm going to be the jerk. I'm going to say 10, because I was thinking 10 before you said nine. And he has all of these licensed products out there. He's met with celebrities. He is a huge Instagram influencer. He must be worth a decent chunk of change. I hope it's 9.5. You both busted. Crap. Well, it says it's greater than 1 million. That's all. Oh, what the hell? All right. Man, I'm, he is getting mismanaged. I'm getting on Google here. Doug, it's his net worth. I know. Doug the Pug net worth. Whoops, I can't type. Keep going. I'm just, I'm just looking this up for, yeah, it just says of over $1 million. Tell us what the number is. But like the calendars that I buy every year, I'm certain he must be making like a crap load of money off of those. They even have cute little QR codes every month. You scan them and he's like a lion. Well, this is inconclusive at best. So I stand by it. So we're still tied, right? I believe we're tied. So this is this is the last set. We're both not very good at this. What we're going to do is we're going to do top 10 
male pug names. Okay. And whoever guesses the most correctly takes it home. It doesn't matter what order they're in. It's the most correct. Mm. So we go back and forth. So Nirbama goes first, followed by me, etc., etc. Yep. Okay. I'm going to steal the easy one. Doug. No. Wait, what? No, no one wants to be confused with Doug the Pug. He's a he's an icon. But like it your... rhymes. People have had pugs before Doug came around. Like name your pug a rhyming name. Why wouldn't you? Doug. Uh, people people don't want to stand in in Doug's shadow, I feel like. Um I'm going to do something interesting. I'm going to say Charles. Charlie was number 1. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. So I wasn't a crazy person then. Okay, then I'm going to go with Buster. Buster is not on there. Are you joking? What the heck? I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good guess. Uh, I'm going to go with Frank. Frank is on there. What number is it? Frank is number six. I'm doing really well with this. Ooh. I don't know why. I have a good one. I have a good one. And it's personal. Winston. Winston is on there. However, Winston is number nine. But since we just said, if you get it, you get it. That's, that's She's closing in on you. Okay. Um, dang, I, I was hoping you weren't going to guess that. I was, I was saving that one. I'm going to go with Fred, but I know that's wrong. Fred is not on there. No one's named anything Fred before. Oh, I got a good one. Dang, I, it took me 10 more seconds to think of it. Okay. I have something I want to say, but I know it won't be on the list. But it's like a good good joke. Um, but you, you just want a pug to be named that, but it, you don't think it's... Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go with it, because I don't think I'm going to win this anyway. Mittens. Mittens is not on there, but it's a fantastic name for a pug. So the background joke for you guys, since I don't like having inside jokes and not sharing it with the listeners, is that um, Illegal's brother has a pug named Winston. Shout out to Winston. And Tactic can't seem to get his name right. And he called him Mittens for like the first six months that they had the dog. So now forever, he is just Mittens. He looks like a Mittens. He looks like a Mittens. He is a Winston, but either way, he is fantastic. Um, I'm going to go with George. That's the one. That's the name that I thought of 10 seconds too late. George is not on there. What the heck? We're, Come on, we're going to do first. We're going to do first to three. Right now, you have two. Nerd Bomber has one. Okay. Boy, this is tense. This is fun. This is killing me, and I'm like blanking on dog names. Um, oh, man. What's a good dog name? I got my next one lined up, ready to go. What about Rover? Rover is not on there. Okay. Oscar. Oscar is not on there. Oh, Can I give a hint? I guess. I mean, I'll take a hint. If I give a hint, though, this would be an opportunity for both of you to say it as fast as you can say it. Okay. Okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. He beat Russia in an iconic boxing match. Rocky? There's one. Man, I, where was, was that? Was that the that? hint? I don't even know anything about Rocky. I just kind of like threw it out there. Yeah, so no, now we're tied up at 2 2. Okay, so now. Nerbomber, do you want to guess again? How does this work? No, nope, that was her. That was her guess. You'll go up again. Okay, uh, Oliver. How the hell did you guess Oliver? That that was that's on there. You win. Yes. My friends just got a puppy named Oliver. Kind of stole it, but I'll take the win. Congratulations! Yeah, I guess I go again. Not winning another week. And I'll be talking to our friend Ben next week about what game to host. And uh, hopefully you'll learn something. I think that's a nice byproduct of these games is that people learn things about 
things. Um, so now tomorrow around the water cooler, you can be like, hey, hey, Bill. Was Bill on there? I bet Bill would be a good name for a dog. Uh, you'd be like, hey, Bill, I guess what I learned yesterday, that the world's heaviest pug is 46.2 pounds. Or was 46. I mean, it's probably dead, especially considering how big it was. Anyways, uh, another episode in the books. Uh, as always, we thank you all for listening. Um, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Yeah, hit us up on the tweeters. Uh, we're at Online Warriors One. We're also, we each have our own individual accounts that you can find through that main Twitter. Uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, we are www.patreon.com slash online warriors. And uh, have a great week, everybody. If you like us, give us some good reviews on Apple Podcasts. We'd See appreciate ya. you. See you later.